0: The Corner Table is brought to you by the Cap Times Idea Fest, Two days of lively discussion on September 28th and 29th on the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com.
1: Yeah, a lot of people have asked, like, oh, like, wow, wouldn't it be so awesome? Isn't it so great? Like, wow, I've always thought about wanting to open my own brewery or do this, and we're kind of like... Yeah, you probably don't want to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hello! Welcome to The Corner Table, a Capital Times podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin. Jessica and Erica Jones are the founders of Giant Jones, a brand new brewery on Madison's east side. If you stop in on a Thursday afternoon to do a tasting, you're likely to see Jessica still there, brewing one of their barley wines or working on a double IPA. Owned by two women and using only organic ingredients, Giant Jones' goal is to make big beers for everyone. I am your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians, and this week on the podcast, I talked with both Erica and Jess about how they got into beer back in California, what makes Giant Jones different from other breweries in Madison, and why, even though they make big beers, their goal is to always stay small. Stay tuned. Hello, welcome. <laughs> Hello. So first of all, can you introduce yourselves for folks and tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do? I'm
1: Erica Jones, I'm one of the co-owners and founders of Giant Jones Brewing.
0: I'm Jessica Jones, uh, the brewer and the other co-owner of Giant Jones.
1: This has been in
2: the works
0: for a very long time. We've been trying to open a brewery for 10 years now. 10
2: years! Um, And
0: finally did it. Um, I mean, we decided 10 years ago we wanted to open a brewery uh, and then really in earnest started working on it 2011.
1: Yeah, I wrote our first business plan in 2011 or 12 um, for our first iteration that has evolved over time. Why did you
2: want to make your own beer? Why did you want to have your own brewery?
0: Beer is amazing. Um, It's all I want every day. (laughs) Uh, In a completely intellectual pursuit though, like I have a very unbalanced obsession. I love making beer. I'm happy to drink it, uh, but I want to make it more than I can consume.
2: <laughs> Do you have certain beers that you that sort of spark your imagination more than others, beers that you're more attracted to than others?
0: Not particularly. I find all beer styles fascinating um, to a large part. Uh, I'm mostly interested in classic styles um, and the basic ingredients of malt yeast, hops, and water, um, and the whole huge variety that can come out of that, especially Malt and fermentation uh, flavors uh, fascinate me to no end and uh, the complexity that you can tease out of that. Um, and we often get people um, thinking that we've added all sorts of things to our beer. So like our Hefeweizens have notes of vanilla and nutmeg and clove uh, and green banana. And people to say like, oh, those are interesting things you put in there. It's like, no, that all came from the yeast. Like uh, we didn't, we, the yeast made those flavors. Um, though chemically, they're the same as what you would find in those ingredients that you would cook with.
2: When you're when you're brewing, mm-hmm. when you're making this beer, what kind of choices are you making, you know, sort of day by day, batch by batch, that you that you want to do to make your beer sort of speak to what your what your missions are, what your goals are? Like what are you looking for? In sure.
0: Uh, in some ways we have pretty limited choices. Uh, so we're doing everything certified organic. Um, and we're just got our organic certification paperwork in. So hopefully in the next uh six to 12 weeks will actually be certified. Um, Though when doing certified organic beer, your ingredient choices totally narrow. Um, It's sort of the opposite of cooking. When you get into local organic uh, produce um, for cooking or subscribe to a CSA, like this whole world of choices and opportunities uh, open up. Whereas in organic beer, we have the choice of about 10 to 12 different malts, whereas other brewers have choices of, few hundred kinds of preparations of malt. Uh, And we have the opportunity to use maybe eight to 15 different varieties of hops, whereas there's dozens upon dozens of hop varieties out there. Um, Yeast is quite available to us. Uh, There is now a organic yeast bank uh, in Portland, so we can get whatever we need from them. um, And they'll transition any strain into organic forest that we want to use. Um, So that's where it starts. uh, And that forces us to be more creative um, in blending and um, also often efficient in our use of hops. Uh, So our hops cost around 800% more than other brewers. Um, So which is part of why we're making big beers. Uh, So big beers have um, a margin in just the style. So I can sell um, a single bottle for $6 of Imperial Stout or Barley Wine or Weizenbach, and people think it's a great deal. Whereas if I was doing six packs of Pale Ale, um, I would have to charge you for those hops. But doing these beers, we can absorb the cost of those instead of passing them on to people.
1: Well, and the bigger styles also are less reliant purely on the hop aroma and flavor for the complexity that's in the style. So those Imperial style beers have more, um, aromas and, and alcohol, you know, from the alcohol, from the fermentation, um, the malt is definitely more forward in our beers. Um, so you're just getting more character from some of the other ingredients and not relying solely on, on the hops to be that big punch of flavor that we get in a lot of great beers. But, um, since we're paying so much more, we want to, (laughs) <laughs> not have to. <laughs>
2: pass we couldn't that figure
0: on. out the math on doing those organic. <laughs> yeah. Um.
2: Why was it important to you to do organic?
0: <laughs> uh, we just have this one planet, um, so uh, <laughs> we need to not screw it up. Um, and using uh, organic pr- um, ingredients uh, helps us take care of the planet more.
1: I think um, part of the, the local food and organic food movement and the craft beer movement are sort of aligned in a lot of ways. Like there's this sense that we're all in this together. We're all working to build something really great and, you know, create a really amazing, um, high quality things. And so to me you know, we kind of our journey was aligned, like our local food journey started along the same time as our interest in craft beer. And so Mm -hmm. they've just kind of been this parallel journey of um, wanting to support, you know, really high quality producers, people who are producing with their mind on the environment, with their idea to replenish the soil and, um, you know, use practices that are good for the environment. And so, you know, by opening a business, a brewery, it's an opportunity for us to actually See that through and and have have some influence on the system and the other producers in, in the marketplace. So mm-hmm. one of the really cool things we've been able to do with hops is we've been talking with different people, different companies that are selling hops or acquiring hops and saying, hey, look, we want to do organic. So it's forcing those companies to say, okay, like we don't have an organic line right now, but we want to. So we're going to contact this grower. We're going to contact these other people and find out if they have any organic, um, hops available or if they're working on it. So it's really helping us to kind of have a a dent, even on a really small scale in that whole marketplace and the availability as Jessica was saying, like there's not a lot of availability right now. So, um, and just proving and showing that like, you know, we make really great beer we think, and um, it happens to be organic. And so people can see that, hey, you know, it doesn't have to be limiting, even though it is in some ways it can really be high quality and um, really show the quality of cr- great brewed craft beer.
2: It, is, it, is it in some ways like giving yourself that box to work with forces you to be more creative?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you have endless opportunity, it's hard to find direction or a sticking point, right? And then once you create some sort of parameters, then things just flow. Um, so once we decided, like, oh yeah, let's do big beers, um, the brewery basically planned itself, um, and pretty much named itself, too. Uh, I mean, Giant Jones was a placeholder for a while, just in a spreadsheet, Uh, but we just kept coming back to it after endless discussions of mostly terrible ideas of what to name a brewery um, or things that had no point of connection or stick at all. So um, once we had that parameter of like, we're going to do organic, we're going to do big beers, it just flowed. Corner Table is sponsored by the Cap Times Idea Fest, an event with an exciting lineup of guests, including David Axelrod. The fest is in Madison on September 28th and 29th. You can find tickets at CapTimesIdeaFest.com.
2: Tell me a little bit about the beers you're starting out with, your sort of introductory Meat Giant Jones mm-hmm. beers.
0: Uh, so, in large part, we open this place as a barley wine brewery, um, at least conceptually for us. Uh, part of our early introduction to beer was going to the Barley Wine Festival at Tornado um, in San Francisco, where there would be 50 to 56 barley wines, and we'd sit down and try them all in a sitting. Um,
2: that is a lot to try in a sitting. It, it is. You uh, to but bring a team.
0: Yeah, you bring 12 <laughs> people and uh, order all 50-some and Um, pass them around and have quarter ounce of each one.
2: Teamwork makes a dream work, right? Oh, yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
0: Um, But we just fell in love with the complexity of these beers um, and the huge range of flavors that were happening. Um, But to do that, make these beers uh, economically, you need to design your brewery to do it. Um, uh, Brewers Association had a style series um, that they were publishing in the 90s into the 2000s. And one of them was the Barley Wine Book. And they made the comment, um, Fall Allen made the comment in there. uh, To really do this, you need to have a barley wine brewery and Very few of those exist, which I just took as a challenge. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we're going to have a quarterly barley wine. Um, That's going to be the biggest rotation uh, throughout our... So in the spring, it's an American-style barley wine, which is similar to an American pale ale, but gigantic. Um, So it's just upping all of those flavors that you would find in like Three Floyds Alpha King or something like that. Um, In the spring or summer is a Belgian-style barley wine, um, similar to Scaldus Triple. Uh, So it's... um, a fuller-bodied triple. So triples usually use uh, 15 to 20% sugar to up the volume without uh, upping the body. Uh, we use all malt to get there, so it increases the body because there's proteins coming along for the ride. And um, in the fall, it's a scotch ale, and wintertime, we do a uh, British barley wine. Um, So those change out every three months. And then every six months we have, we always have a wheat beer uh, for spring, summer. It's a pale Weizenbach, which has been our runaway hit. People are just wild about that beer, um, which is really exciting. Um, And it's, one of the more expressive yeast strains we use. So it's just fun to feature that. Um, And then a darker version of it for the cold months. And then summertime and spring is an imperial porter. And then winter is an imperial stout. So we'll always have a black beer um, with some of those roasted um, cocoa coffee notes happening. And then year-round we'll have our double IPA uh, because anything IPA is most the beer market. (laughs) Uh.
2: When I think about the growth in craft brewing Um, and, like, the things that are setting you guys apart, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you're Mm women-owned. You are um, doing, like, a lot of these bigger beers. um, You're organic. These are all sort of things that are setting you apart. And I wonder if some of those elements are getting more important as the craft beer market or field becomes Mm -hmm. a little bit more crowded where you have to say, okay, here are the things that are setting us apart, making us different. Yep.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, one of the things we – examined as we went through these various iterations of planning a brewery over, you know, seven, eight years was, you know, we don't want to compete directly as much as, po- you know, we want to complement our fellow brewers and the other great breweries mm-hmm. that are already in the community. So being able to find, uh, you know, a style, a niche that was going to be more complimentary, um was something that we really were trying to hone in on as we got closer and closer to our, our dream.
0: Yeah. I mean, of the 10 beers that we're planning to make, only three of them um, have counterparts um, regularly available by other Wisconsin brewer. I mean, so double IPAs of course are being made in Imperial stouts. um, And there's quite a few Scotch ales um, around Wisconsin, but Weizenbachs, not so much. Um, some, I mean, people are putting out barley wines, but we're putting out a lot of barley wines, <laughs> and um, I'm sure someone's done imperial porters. But um, you know, we're highlighting styles that are largely a lot of the shelf space for those is uh, out of state brewers. Um, so, like, one of our main competitors is Epic out of uh, Colorado slash Utah. Like, that's if you're looking for those these big beer styles, they're who's usually represented on store shelves around town um, consistently.
2: So, Jessica, you mm-hmm. did a lot of training um, in terms of getting ready to open yes. this brewery. Uh, you did an apprenticeship. You've got mm-hmm. an advanced certification as a Cicerone. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about uh, what you learned at that apprenticeship, um, what sure. you learned you loved, what you maybe learned was going to be a struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: so, my, really, my apprenticeship started well before we even decided to open a brewery. Um, when I was in graduate school um, in uh the Bay Area in Berkeley, um, I started hanging out with the professional brewers, um, particularly uh, Melissa Myers and Roger Davis, who were at Drake's Brewing Company at the time. And um, I'd go in at least once a week, um, sometimes more than that, and uh, just hang out um, and follow them and work with them and say like, hey, can I do this with you today? Um, And just shadowed them and they were my mentors. Um, Just for fun. Yeah, because, but I also just loved beer, and I wanted to know more. Um, and like, oh, here's some experts who are making amazing beer. Roger had just won uh, the gold medal for American IPA at Great American Beer Festival, um, and, you know, they are amazing brewers. Um, and so later in 2014, when we decided, yeah, we're going to do this, uh, Roger had opened his own place, Faction Brewing Company, at that time, um, and Hardy racked up a number of medals just a year into it, um, and... Uh, I spent six weeks um, working full time with him um, just to make sure I really wanted to do the full day to day, uh, 14 to 16 hour days, you know, sometimes six hour days, but like that whole scope of it um, and um, make sure that what's fun to do, you know, every few weeks in my basement or garage uh, is also fun. Constantly. <laughs> um. That's
2: exactly what I was thinking about. Like, just to sort of again, like turn turn something that was a hobby or a passion, a
1: love, mm-hmm. into like a daily job yep. is is a big transition. Yep. Yeah, a lot of people have asked, like, oh, like, wow, wouldn't it be so awesome? Isn't it so great? Like, wow, I'd, I've always thought about wanting to open my own brewery or do this, and we're kind of like, yeah, you probably don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> We don't recommend it. It's a really (laughs) big uphill struggle. And like, you know, I think it requires a lot of persistence. And there's been times when we start talking about beer and like getting really excited about it. And I realized, oh, yeah, we really like beer a lot more than maybe the average uh, (laughs) person. So (laughs) it's probably good that we did it. (laughs) Yeah. How are you going to be distributed in the Madison area?
0: Uh, By ourselves. uh, We self-distribute. Our plan is to always self-distribute. So uh, if you're close to the brewery, I might walk it over um, on a dolly or stick it on my bike um, and deliver the keg um, or know we show up in a car and drop off the kegs and bottles ourselves Um, so we are having direct relationships with uh, restaurants and liquor stores and the vendors um, and taking care of what they need. Yeah. Um,
1: part, part of that is we really want to have those relationships so that we can, you know, with Jessica being an advanced Cicerone, like there's really great, um, she has a lot of understanding and knowledge of how to pair beer with food. And so we just really want to like help support other local businesses. So if we can partner and, you know get together and find ways to, you know, emphasize and accentuate the things that they're doing with our beer, with rec- beer pairing recommendations or the fun things like that, like it just creates so much more opportunity um, for all of us to have have some some fun. And- yeah. One
0: well, that comes back to part of why we started this is we want to have a community around these things because beer creates that bridge for people to come together um, and transcend the moment and ease sorrows or uh, make joy even better. Um, And so being part of that process all the way through um, is, you know, self-distributing and have the relationship with the people that will serve our beer or sell our beer to everyone else um, and, you know, to happen to be there when people are enjoying it. Um, So, you know, people are always very excited when uh, they realize, oh, the people bartending in the tasting room at Giant Jones are the people who make the beer. <laughs> like yeah. and that's um, the
1: most fun too for us on our side is when people taste the beer and you kind of see all these different faces that people make if they like it or if they're not sure, if they're pondering, if they're mm-hmm. like really excited, if they're really surprised. Um and then, you know, getting that immediate feedback is the most fun as, you know, the producers and then also hearing them say whatever they say like oh i don't really like that you know this isn't really my style and then you can help them navigate what might they really like or if they say things like this is the best i've ever had i've never had this you know Mm -hmm. this great of a beer and so that's pretty exciting to get that feedback right away and interaction yeah
0: we had one customer after one or two sips of our imperial stout pointed at the glass and said this is my everything (laughs) it was amazing Um, and she comes back all the time and she tries other things She's like yeah these are all good i really like that imperial stout (laughs) that's my beer
1: (laughs) that's kind of great it is yeah and partially you know you want to keep it interesting we want to keep it interesting and so like we're gonna evolve as things evolve and as other styles come up or we learn Mm -hmm. about new things and so it's just an opportunity to keep keep kind of moving and changing and growing and um, you know, part of the fun is you know when we get that immediate feedback from people, being able to respond or, or discuss different ideas or things that they've heard of or tasted or tried, and you know gives us a chance to say, oh yeah, we haven't tried that yet. We want to go give it a try somewhere. So,
0: and it's also an exciting opportunity to say to like, oh well, you should go to the this other brewer and try theirs. Um, most people who stop in at Giant Jones stop in at Working Draft and vice versa. Like um, that corridor is just like popping up with you it know really new is. beverage producers left and right yeah, um, it's so exciting
2: distillery brewery district yeah. it's kind of yeah. great right
0: don't forget the metery. yeah <laughs> no kidding boss is right
2: there too so long-term goals like in the next like five to ten years mm-hmm. it sounds like you're keeping it really focused really sort of you know locally grounded and connected yep. but you know five to ten years from now what do you what are you hoping for
0: uh, so we are planning to add three more fermentation vessels, uh, which are twice the size of those ones we have right now. So right now we have capacity to do about four to 500 barrels per year. Uh, in adding those, we'll have capacity for around 1,200 barrels per year, um, which is less than they make at like the Great Dane up on the square. And that's where we're stopping. We're going to grow that much. Um, and that's it, um, which is the place where we are providing beer for our community and we are still involved in the process and we have hired 7 to 10 people to full-time benefits, all that stuff um, and providing good livings for all of us uh, and um, fun opportunities and places for creativity um, but not getting beyond ourselves and letting it get away from ourselves. Um. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, we're really looking at trying to be a community scale, not a regional scale so rather than trying to grow until we're just managing paperwork and accounting all the time that, you know, we can still be involved. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So that we, is kind of what happens, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, Well, and this this scale is where the growth in craft beer is right now. Regional and national brewers are getting pinched, um, and there's lots of attention to that. The last couple of years have been the first times that craft beer growth has slowed to single digits. Instead of 14 15% growth, it's been more like... 2 to 5% growth, that tells you a story of the overall volume and where it's getting pinched is people who are trying to distribute in 25 to 50 states or even just a dozen. The growth is astronomical, people below 4,000 barrels per year Mm -hmm. um, because people are drinking more and more local. Um, And people are choosing the local option over the national option. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That's one of the fun things that people always say when they come into the tasting room, because it's, it's one big room, the brewery's on the right and the tasting rooms on the left when you walk in. And so you can see exactly where the beer is made and, and people are just like, Oh, I love this. Like I get to actually drink where the beer is being made, you know, where it's fermenting, where all Mm -hmm. of the, everything is stored, you know, everything's right there. So it's really a, a tangible experience.
0: Sometimes I'm still working, and it's just a guardrail between the tasting room and the brewery. And so I'm just chatting with people while I'm kegging beer or whatever, and um, it's a blast.
2: So you got really into this in California, but you decided to do this here. Why Madison? What What makes this a good place to start a brewery like Giant Jones?
1: Um, well, we're both from Wisconsin and I think we have, we had the desire to move back here and to move to our home state. Um, and you know, one thing that's really great about Madison is I think there's a lot of awareness about organic and, um, a lot of interest and um, awareness about the environment and local. And so, you know, really highlighting that in our beers. Um, and I think, you know, there's, it's a growing community, you know, there's just so many opportunities for for partnering and um you know I think we really know that the Wisconsin beer culture is really into local is really into supporting our state um so I think you know it just made a lot of sense and I think we really felt like after our experience in California you know we there were so many breweries everywhere you know it just it felt like wow Madison has room for more breweries you know Wisconsin still. and we still do and I think you know we felt like we could find a niche that would hopefully, succeed and, um, you know, add to kind of what's available here. I mean, as Jessica said earlier, we really love barley wines, and I think there's a lot of people that are really excited about big beers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't something that was available in, in our marketplace, so we felt like we could um, contribute here to the to the brewing community in Madison. Oh. Thank you both
2: for coming in today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Great Lindsay. to be here. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians. Stop in at Giant Jones Brewing Company at 931 East Main Street on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday from 4 to 10 p.m. Find more food and drink news at captimes.com, and if you're into it, subscribe to The Corner Table on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Cap Times food writer, Lindsay Christians. Giant Jones doesn't make a Berliner Weiss, but that lemonade-like beer is what I wished for you this last week of August. Cheers!
0: The Corner Table has been brought to you by the Cap Times Idea Fest. Two days of lively discussion on September 28th and 29th on the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com.